Hi everybody, welcome to Erotica. My name is Cody Ryan and I'll be your host today. I want to thank everybody who's listened to the first few episodes so far. I'm getting a lot of positive feedback. Uh, the first episode was a little bit heavier, second episode's a little bit sillier, but um, very excited for today's episode. Before we get into the topic, I want to uh, welcome my guest River to the podcast. Hi. How are you doing, River? I'm, uh, it's, it's been a week. <laughs> it has been a week. And for those of you who don't know, River is actually the one who created our logo, so thank you so much for that, River. Uh, my Twitter is at underscore Philadelphia. Please at me and tell me how it sucks and you do better. Oh, it was great, River. Don't say that. Um, so yeah, today um, I wanted to invite you onto the podcast and do a little bit more of a serious episode. And I think it's because you and I have something very in common. And that's because we both grew up poor. Would you say that's accurate for yourself? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'd say that's accurate for me. Um, and one thing I noticed when you grow up poor is... You know, it's kind of, you're the poor kid. You're labeled. Um, it's a little bit more isolated. I know it kind of varies culture to culture. I think, you know, if you're in a little bit more of a poor part of the country, it might not be as bad. For me, it was a little bit stark. I remember, you know, this is the story I know. It's like, well, that that's how I know I'm the poor kid. Is back in high school, one of our teachers was telling a story about uh, drunk driving was the unit. And basically, she gives this emotional story and reveals that her son had... Um, died in a DUI accident, but he was drunk and he killed um, the passenger and she got very emotional and she talked about, you know, the statute of limitations of, you know, the law. Well, the parents of uh, the other kid sued them a year after the event, right before the statute of limitations were up. And they were talking about how they had to give up so much. And her example was, you know, you know, if you make a mistake like this, you know, you could harm your parents one day and they have to give up their beach house. And I was like, hold up. If I die, that helps my parents. As being a kid in a poor family, you are definitely a burden. Imagine your biggest issue is that, like, your kid killed somebody and you had to give up your beach house. Yeah, which I always found to be, like, really messed up. Uh, but at the same time, I was just like, what the fuck? Like, I, we don't have a beach house to give up. If... I die, that's one less mouth they have to feed, they're going to do great. The only way that it could have helped more is if, like, you or I had a life insurance policy out. But Exactly, which, that's definitely not true when you're in a poor family. Yeah. But, so one thing I noticed as well is, you know, you go through this label, you're isolated, you're the poor kid, and you go through all of life and it really sucks and you're worried, you know, oh no, like, you know, am I ever going to be sane again? And the thing is, you know, it affects you. Even though I make... A good amount of money now like river you just you're in my new apartment it's the first time i've ever recorded here this is a nice place you know in the middle of philadelphia i've got a nice job i still feel it every single purchase i make stings a little like every single one buy myself a two dollar soda it stings love a good buyer's remorse oh every time every single time i do not want to buy things for myself and um but one thing i noticed the positive of it is when i talked to one of the other poor kids you know it was so isolated when i was a kid but now i've talked to another poor kid it's like meeting your best friend. You trade stories. Like, you know, you're going back to the old days and they're happy moments because it's funny because other people don't know. They don't know the waterfall cycle of being poor. Like, being poor begats getting poor. Oh, yeah, totally. And it's it's becomes almost like a one-up situation, but, like, in a playful way because you both lived. Yeah, and exactly. That segues perfectly in what we're going to try to do today. River and I are going to try to outpour each other. We've got five categories. What we're going to do is essentially we're going to take turns um, going through each category. We're going to tell as much or as little as we feel is necessary to kind of sell our story. You know, try to talk about a little bit how that affected us psychologically. But we're just going to tell the story out loud, you know, who who's most poor and here's why. And at the end, you know, we're going to have a big finish. And we're going to have everybody on Twitter, I guess, vote. We'll probably put a poll up. <laughs> um, you can decide who you think is the most poor. Um, but we got five categories. Here are the categories. I'm going to run them down. Once we get into the actual categories themselves, explaining you know our stories, you'll probably understand why I picked them. Number one, we're going to be talking about housing. Number two, we're going to talk about transportation. Number three, we're going to talk about diets. Number four, we're going to talk about schooling. And that one's going to become actually kind of important. And number five is going to be your miscellaneous big finish. Anything you want to say, just like, I'm poor and here's why. Um, and then we'll let the people decide. We're not going to, you know, judge ourselves today. We're just going to have a little bit of fun and we're going to try to outpour each other. And I think you'd agree those categories kind of hit some key things. 
you know, that you go through when you're in a poor family. They definitely do, but I'm going to say right now, uh, diet and food, I automatically lose. Be- I- I'll just, I'll get to that. I'll yeah, yeah, that. save it, save it for the good stuff. Um, all right, so I think, you know, let's just jump into it. So let's go into housing. So I don't know if you want to start or I'll start. I can kick it off if you'd like. Uh, uh, whichever, whichever. So... My situation with housing is, and I'll give you the psychological part for me first. I just moved again. I was very excited for the move. And the big reason I was excited is I lived in this apartment for two years that I just previously moved from. I can't live in one place for more than a year. I'm not used to that. I'm not wired for it. We moved every single year, I'd say, if not more frequently when I was a kid on average. Um, it kind of kicked off when we had a nice house and you know, happy family, you know, nuclear family in a nice little cul-de-sac kind of thing. And our landlord was my father's boss. And he put a clause into the, uh, you know, the rental agreement that he could kick us out if he needed it for family reasons. And his estranged daughter that he never really communicated with came back into his life and said, hey, dad, like I want to reconcile and gave the house to his daughter. Like he basically put that clause in there with the idea, I guess, that she's going to come back one day and I can give her the house. So we got kicked out on the street. So we, you know, kind of bounced around. I remember staying in the motel room and then we were in a uh, trailer park. And I don't mean trailer park like, you know, the ones you go to the beach and it's like square. I mean, like (laughs) we're in a hitch your trailer to the back of your truck trailer. And this was the kind that like was built for one and a half people. Like I slept on the kitchen table. Yes. The kitchen table became my and my brother's bed. My parents sleep in bed. We had a dog. And everybody else there has got these, like, nice big trailers with satellite dish. We have the antenna. they got the double wides. Like, they've got all... they yeah. got the little, like, window They become shit. rooms. Like, no, we we are in, like... Think you're stereotypical, like, one of the first episodes of Simpsons crappy trailers. <laughs> That's what we were living in. And eventually we got out of that, but we were we would live with people for a while. I mean, we lived in one of my dad's bosses, and I'm getting kicked out of there... Um, we, it was a lot of like, we live with some people and then outlive our stay or we get in a place and we couldn't afford rent and we got forced out. We actually lived in this place for a bit where the landlord was a little crazy and we couldn't afford rent and he went so insane. He started spray painting, uh, the lawn, like, fuck you. Like my dad's name's Timmy. So Timmy, Timmy get out. Um, one time he jammed a key in the lock and broke it off while I was inside. So he thought, you know, he just locked us out essentially. Um, but little did he know. Yeah, he didn't know I was inside. <laughs> and yeah, so... Essentially, you were squatters. Yeah, we were squatters. That happened a lot. You know, I, I remember times staying with my aunts and uncles, but, you know, we just bounced from place to place. And the worst place ever was sophomore year. We lived with this guy. Um, sophomore year at high school, he lived with this guy. And he probably was on meth. He, you know, first episode, I talked about some of the Delaware rednecks. This is another one of those Delaware rednecks. This man eventually like died going like 80 on his motorcycle into an intersection he was like on meth porn all over the place as one does yeah no no cable or internet just just pornos all over the place um you know sharing a bed with my father that was probably the lowest point in my life and i remember my dad i you know not to share the story in this direction my dad got high one night came in at three in the morning and decided he wanted to watch futurama laughing his ass off and i'm like i need to sleep and he's like well I'll, i want to watch this episode i'm like it's a rerun of future on at three in the morning like i need to sleep. and that was the lowest point of my life sharing a bed with my father cody i think that i'm i'm gonna go off on a limb here it was the dog episode and that's what really kicked off your depression. yeah yeah it was just you know that episode makes me tear up every time and now it's connected to my ptsd so <laughs> every time i see a dog i just start weeping and crying or an episode of futurama even um so, yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, my psychological thing is I always feel unsettled no matter where I am. Any any place I go, I am unsettled. So that's that's my housing story. Let's let's I if I remember correctly, yours is a little bit more set up, but I'm sure my, it wasn't the best house. Mine. Uh, the the house itself is nice. Um, going to precurse this with like. Sorry if this is supposed to be somewhat like PG thirteen because there's going to be a lot of a lot of fucks dropped and stuff like no, that. No, it's fine. I just said that the house I was living in was littered with porn. So I, I mean, you said porn, you didn't show porn. Yeah, Rivers um, cracking up the cold one for this one. I'm excited. Uh, okay, so like I I 
I grew up on the Outer Banks of North Carolina, beach town, very nice area, resort town, whatever. That's all wonderful, fine and dandy. Same deal, started out uh, set off, like, well set. Um, my mom and dad were together, blah, 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 all that good stuff. Uh, when I was young, they got divorced. Um, my mom always worked in food service. My dad generally did solo construction Um, he worked for the lady that my mom was employed for also, so it kind of created a little weirdness, but it was whatever. Um, my mom and my sister stayed at the house that I was growing up in. My dad and I left and stayed in one of the hotels that his boss owned for however long it was through the court hearing, stuff like that. Um... Flipped over, kind of reversed. My mom and sister moved out. Uh, then we moved back into the house that we had been in. Um, what really comes to sell it is the fact that we lived on in, in a resort town, 100%. Um, it wasn't really like a new place by any means. So it was built in the 30s, but like it was a resort town directly across from the beach. That should be good. Um, but it was only $750 a month. That's not bad. That's fucking great. Yeah. I could, I could like, it's still currently only like maybe eight, $900 a month that my mom is paying for it. She moved back into the place when my dad and I ended up long story short, moving out when I moved to Philadelphia. But, um, I, I, I could reasonably make that in a week if I'm having a good week. Um, so that that was fantastic. But because of it, and because of the housing market crash bullshit, all of that stuff, with my dad being in construction, he ended up being like, no, no work for like six months. And then that just started the decline where we went $750 a month for rent and just continued to go down and down and down and down and down and down until we were probably like eight months behind on rent. I mean, we we were like six months past rightfully being evicted. The only reason that we weren't is one of the two landlords really liked me as a kid, and she was like 87 years old and couldn't give a fuck less. Um, But it kind of put like a mental strain, one on my dad, so he drank much heavier, and also he was a big hippie, so he always smoked weed, so that definitely didn't help. But then, like, once I got old enough to know, which was around this time, it also put a mental strain on me. And I started working at, like, technically 12, just doing, like, uh, odd jobs here or there for neighbors, like, cutting lawns, stuff like that, to kind of help pay bills. And when I was 13, I went into my first, like, real job in a restaurant because of it. So, like, I didn't have the hopping around as much. Like, on my mom's side, it happened regularly. So, whenever I went to see her, everything, for a while, everything was always different because a new house, whatever. But on my dad's side, we stayed in the same and just, like, were stupidly behind on rent. Yeah, and I think, you know, it's it's like the security and the shelter always comes first. And when you don't have that, it, it becomes a survival mode. Like, it's the hustle. It's like, yeah, we can't afford this rent. How do we stay in? And, like, for, for us, you know, we squatted in a couple places or I'll say they're welcome. For you, it's, you know, you were able to sweet talk an old lady. Basically. You know, seduced her a little bit. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's it's people take that kind of stuff for granted. And I mean, we're, not, we're not recording this for sympathy, but, like, I think especially when we get to the, our next section, the automobile section, people don't realize, like, you're a second away at all times from just being fucked. But also, if you uh, if you want to do sympathy, I'll link PayPal in my bio. Yeah, link P- PayPal bio. Um, you can send that at river um, at money.com. At money.com. Yeah. So I think, you know, okay, yeah. So housing, we kind of had similar experiences. Mine were, like, miniature versions of yours multiple times and yeah. then a couple like family situations friends stuff like that oh real quick uh for a while there i just thought about this because i've linked back to the yeah. dude doing like heroin meth whatever the fuck you yeah. say um we had a dude who was like technically homeless i think 
uh, stay in our shed. Oh, great. That we kind of fixed up. His, pardon me, his sister um, was paying us like $250 a month for him to literally just hang out in our shed whenever he wanted. And it kind of took the brunt off of it because like oh, yeah. you go from 750 a month to 500 a month like i don't care if you're literally going around slapping people for a dollar you're gonna be fucking making that in a month yeah no that's great and you know like we even took in one of my dad's friends one time and then he started squatting on us mm-hmm. so it backfired on us but you know that's that's the life you live like i knew i just had to survive till college yeah that's what i did and you knew you just had to survive till you could move out that's yeah what you did. and that's that's one thing was being poor it's like you're a kid, and, like, whenever... That's where my sympathy comes from when people are like, I don't want, you know, food, stamps, Medicare. It's like, I don't have a choice. I was yeah, like, thrown uh, into this world, and I just learned to survive. But that's another podcast for another time. I think, you know, we, we've beaten the horse a little bit on housing. Like, okay. You know, but that's that's the first thing. It's like, you see all your friends, they got a house. You know, and you don't really know if your house is going to be there tomorrow. And that's, yes. that's the first thing that kind of hits you. I think the next thing is, you know, we talk, you talk about you got a job. So getting a job... <laughs> excuse me um getting a job i needed a car i don't know yes. if your job you needed a car it was a small beach i would walk a couple okay. of miles so to you work. had the luxury of walking but car is still necessary for many different reasons um i want to know what was your first car river <laughs> 93 mazda mx3 that most people didn't ever know that it existed i had a 1990 acura hell yeah and I th- I'm going to just go down the line of my cars to date. Okay. 1990 Acura, 1995 Camry, then I went 2004 um, Jeep Liberty. Nice. And then 2008 Mini Cooper. Now I do not have a car. Yes. Let's let's hear your list. You went to the 93 uh, The, the 93 Mazda that completely basically blew up on me um and then a 2000 volkswagen passat which also basically completely blew up on me and now i'm just driving my girlfriend's car which is like a 2004 pt cruiser yeah and you're you're still you know you're Uh, still prisoner to that cycle of the car also for a while i was driving my dad's 95 gmc suburban Oh yeah, my father had a lot of cars. I I didn't even count all the I cars. Was, I this. was lucky that his lasted as long as it did because there's it. You got in it. Uh, that shit was like bare bones. Oh goodness! Like yeah. you were driving down the road expecting something to just fall oh, off. Yeah. We we've driven without power steering before. That's Always. an experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I got three. I'd say big stories that just make me think, like you know. I was, I thought I was fucked in life. Like, literally, I think the, the big thing for me is being poor. The times I always wanted to die the most, like, thinking, like, this life isn't worth it is when the car, car issues. Is. Yeah, because you know, if you can't get around, you're done. Yeah. And I, so I, the three biggest issues I had was one, the, the 90 Acura I had, no AC, <laughs> and constantly overheated. So I had an internship at a, a local bank, paid pretty well. You know, I'm like, this is how I'm going to build my future. Got this 90 Acura, no AC, overheats. People who don't, you know, have shitty cars probably don't know the secret. If your car overheats, if you want to reduce the internal temperature, what do you do, River? Crank the fuck out of the heat. Exactly. You turn up the heat. So when it's 90-something plus degrees, you're wearing, like, shirt and tie, and your car starts to overheat at the first intersection, you blast the heater until you get moving again. And it was a long, long, like, freaking light. And I always thought, you know, this is the one where it blows up. But I'm sweating through my pits. I turn the heat up all the way to full blast and just hope that I get moving before I melt to death. My, the, the Mazda did that. The Mazda yeah. did that. Um, second story is that one point that car did blow up and we were living in Wilmington. And Wilmington, unlike Philadelphia, is one of those cities where uh, they do street cleaning and you have to move the car across the street. Problem being, the car didn't move, but we couldn't really get rid of it yet. We still needed it for certain things. Uh, so my dad actually hitched the tow to uh, my car while I was steering it. So no power steering, of course. I, I, I have that I have that same okay. exact story. You have that story. And then my third was my car, something was wrong with one of the brakes or the suspension. Like, it was so bad that, you know, I go over speed bumps, like get punched in the stomach, it felt like. 
I was about to enter a ramp for 95, and one of my brakes fell out the bottom of the car. The sounds about right. And lost, you know, my brakes for a second. I yeah, thought, yeah. oh, I'm going to die. Yeah. Especially because you're entering 95, which 95 yeah. alone in a well-functioning car, there's still like a 13% chance you were not making it past five miles. Yeah. And I was going to another internship. Like it was the things I, I was taking steps, you know, I was working hard to, you know, <laughs> River knocking the mic with his beer there, uh, doing the things that people say, you know, oh, I don't understand why you just, you know, pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Poor people are lazy. Why don't you get a job? Like. I was doing all those pursuit of happiness bullshit, which I hate that movie because it makes it seem like a triumph story. That movie is fucking like I want to smack those people in the mouth. Yeah, that father living in the like the you know out of uh, bathrooms like public bathrooms, and they're like, "Wow, that's such a beautiful story." He's crying in the bathroom with his son. It's like, fuck that guy. Like seriously, like that's not good. <laughs> Get a job like that isn't selling a computer that doesn't work. Like, I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole. That's a, it's still a beautiful, inspirational story. But, like, there were so many times with the car I went, oh, I I didn't just lose my car. I lost my job. Yeah. 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 No, like, big time. Big time. Um, My, it, it, to hitch the car up and tow it, Um, I have that exact same story. Thankfully, where I grew up, it was, it was like, a mile wide at its widest, and... It, the, the Outer Banks, for those who haven't been to it, it consists of a couple of towns, the main ones being Kitty Hawk, Kill Devil Hills, Nags Head, um, other stuff up north, other stuff down below, but like those were the main ones. Uh, you could ride a bike reasonably, it's 15 miles long, about like 16, 17, maybe somewhere around in there, I don't remember exactly, but you could ride a bike reasonably from one point to the other for a job if you had to. It sucked, but we all kind of did it at some point. Um, but my car, I still drove it regularly. I used it for work. Uh, my girlfriend who I am still dating lived in Virginia beach an hour and a half away. Um, I would go to visit her. I'd have to have that car for it. There's a while that. Oh, how dare you as a poor person try to have love and how affection. Fuck me. Right. Yeah. You um, don't get those luxuries. <laughs> date somebody who lives next door to you or don't date at all. Date your cousin. Yeah. Um, so basically, I Wait, one day just did you share a bed with your cousin? Because that would be really convenient, actually. Not at this house I had before. Okay, great. Um, <laughs> it, it, poor jokes, right? Yeah, no, this is great. We've all been in a bed with somebody we shouldn't be in a bed with, but yeah, the circumstances. Yeah, uh, nieces, well, which is weird because all of my mostly all of my nieces and nephews are either my age or older than me. Oh. Oh, sorry to derail the story. I just yeah. wanted to see. Yeah, so um, it, my car was also stick, put it in neutral, and literally just no power steering, had to drive behind my dad as he hitched me up with a, like, chain link to his truck. Yeah. So I had to brake appropriately. I was only five feet behind him, so I had to brake properly with really bad brakes. Yeah. And had to steer down a very commonly used road for about nine miles to our mechanic and i want to i want to interrupt real quick if you've never driven that power steering get in your car right now don't even turn it on and try turning the wheel it's not fun <laughs> yeah that's actually how we were driving and uh thankfully you won't have to deal with it much because your wheel will lock newer well yeah. i think after like 93 they put it in so the wheel locks yeah um but anyways i could just be talking out my ass right there we, we didn't have the luxury of knowing after 93 <laughs> cars for a while. Like, we, so we couldn't confirm for most of our lives. But um, so I finally get it there. He fixes it, whatever. Literally like a month and a half later, um, it's a Friday night or something. My girlfriend has a chorus, chorus recital. Uh, I tell my dad I'm staying at my friend's, which I originally had intended to until she said that she was doing that. So I am planning on driving up to surprise her. At her recital, um, I get on to, I think it was 95. Um, either way, I am on taking an exit, and it's a very popular exit. It's one that curves into it, so you have to, like, actually steer. Um, timing belt breaks, absolutely totals the car, destroys all of the pistons, like, I have no chance. Um, 
whole car just shuts down. So I'm now entering a an interstate without power steering as well, which is fantastic. Great. I'm going like 75, and thankfully, at that speed, it's a lot easier to steer because it takes less uh, less movement to do anything. Yeah. Um, so I'm able to pull myself off to the road. I have to rely on our friend who has AAA to come and pick me up and have a tow truck take me to a Sam's Club. And I had to take like a week off of school while figuring out what to do with my car that got totaled and a way to get back to uh, my house an hour and a half away because both of my parents can't take off of work. And it, it just became this whole nonsensical thing. Like, I was a dumbass for doing it, but also, <laughs> like, God forbid a high schooler does something for himself. But that's the thing, though. You don't get the luxury of making mistakes. Even now, I say, like, I'm doing well, but if I fail here, if I even get sick, like, there's no fallback here. Oh, yeah, yeah. And that's especially, the car was the biggest one. It's like, once that's gone, you know, every car I bought, I bought with cash. And the, yes, the yeah. first two cars were under a thousand dollars when I yeah. paid for them. The second car was like two or three grand, and then the Mini Cooper I was doing a little bit better. I had saved up some money. I think that was like five k. I traded in the Jeep and got a little bit for that. I um, real quick because my other one's fast. The worst thing about the Maz or the Volkswagen, um, the Volkswagen was that I bought it off of a uh, a military wife, a Navy wife, in uh Norfolk and she I I guess she had taken it to her um mechanic beforehand had him completely wipe the codes and just sold it to me with everything feeling and seeming looking correct because about two miles into me driving it off the lot after buying it from her through a friend who was a used dealership whatever so it was like legitimate I got tags all that stuff yeah uh, check engine light comes on. Jesus Christ. Those and are my from, favorite lights. You, oh, yeah. You live you. with those. So from then on, yeah, the Mazda literally didn't not have it. Like the, 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 um. I'd be more concerned if the light wasn't on. Uh, right? The, my speedometer didn't even work. Oh. Yeah, I was. Spe- my, my odometer didn't work in the Mazda. The, the front, um, the engine cover would flap while you're going over 50. The wheel would shake oh, over yeah. 50. Shaking, shaking's a common thing but also I'm i can't a, tell the speed i'm going Who i'm cares? a dumbass and i took it to see how fast i could drive it 112 by the way um i would take it over bumps to jump it because like you know you do whatever you can to you have just kind of hope you die too i mean that's the yeah, one it's, i mean you're you're poor you're young it's like well, worst case you die and then you don't have to deal with it yeah you're not the burden anymore yeah so it's full circle of the housing things like you're not a burden when you're dead like, but the 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 passat ended up so fucked i took it to my mechanic it was nearly three thousand dollars worth of work into that car he still couldn't get the check engine light off. He switched. It, it was almost a new engine at this point. Jeez. But he looked at me. He goes, get this the fuck out of my sight. I never want to see it again. <laughs> I'm charging you less than a third of what it costs. Just pay me for the parts, which is $900. Yeah. And then I drove it up here. Somehow it didn't die on the five-hour trip. And then I ended up losing my job because I went out to start it one day and the whole thing, like the whole car, not just like the steering wheel or something, the whole car shook so violently that the muffler came undone. (laughs) I, I still to this day don't know what happened because I went to try it two days later. It wouldn't turn on and I had to scrap both cars, uh, for 175 each. Yeah. And that's, that's nothing. Oh, dude, the Mazda had so much, like, aftermarket parts from the people that I bought it. I could have sold it for, like, 600 if I parted it out, yeah. but I'm a dumbass. So, I mean, I, I want people to think right now. Let's say you total your car and you didn't have insurance. Obviously, insurance is, like, mandatory now. It's a law. But let's say you didn't have insurance. You need a new car or, you know, it broke down and you just, you know, insurance doesn't help you there necessarily. <laughs> Think about what you'd have to scratch together in a new car. What can you realistically scratch together? And when if you think, oh, I get a thousand dollars, you're getting a shit car. You know, you you got to pay a couple grand before you can even get like an all right car with some problems. Yeah. Like you know, I've never you know new car like that doesn't even make sense to me. It's somebody else's like old car, and I just hope that they treated it well. I, I, so you I, you have to you have to ask questions like 
what did you drive it for? Like, was it mostly city or highway? Like, these are questions people don't necessarily know because they go and buy the nice new car off the dealership. I'm like, hey, man, like, did you grind it into the ground? Who drove this? Was it your grandmother? Was it you? Like, How often did you get an oil change? Yeah. Uh, uh, ha- have you replaced the timing belt? The, oh, uh, I know too much about oh belts. Oh, my God. So, yeah. So, I think we spent a lot of time on cars, and I think, you know, us talking so much about it shows just how important it was. Like, literally, <laughs> my whole... You know, if you say, oh, I'm poor, like, oh, uh, yeah, because my house is crap, we move a lot. No, it's, I'm poor because I can't get from A to B, you know. Friends ask me to go out, I don't mind have the gas money. But that gets to my next point, diet. So, you know, one of my best friends, you know, to this day is one of my best friends. He would consistently buy me meals just to hang out. Right now, I'm sorry, but, like, I, I'm going to tell my side, but I already concede in diet. Yeah, I think I think River knows. So I already concede in diet. For everybody who knows me. Um, I have major stomach issues. And that doesn't necessarily mean that being poor has any connection to that. So you consider the fact that my diet was so poor that it might have caused my issues um, when I was a child. And this isn't even necessarily a poor thing. This is bad parenting thing. So we can strike this from the record. But I drank Pepsi as, you know, my main drink. It's like throughout middle school and elementary school. Like, I don't think I had water until middle school. Like, never even <laughs> knew what water tasted like. Um, but then we got to the point, you know, it... it we got to that poor people and we got food stamps at one point and everybody says, you know, Oh, you don't use your food stamps. Right. It's like, what the fuck am I supposed to do? God bless food stamps. Yeah. But like, you know, we bought the sodas we bought, you know, the crappy frozen meals. Every once in a while, my dad would buy shrimp and I would get so mad at him. But that's the stuff that people on TV are like really mad about. It's cause like the idea that we could even have such a luxury, but essentially what happened was we get 350 bucks and we would load up and then, when I went to college, they thought they got confused and thought I was out of the house. So they essentially emancipated me, gave us two hundred dollars for two people. You go once a month, you load up on everything you can, and you just hope it lasts for two people. Oh yeah, and that never works. Like, oh, not at all. I, I, I reasonably like between two people right now, I could spend two hundred bucks a month for one week worth of groceries. Yeah, like like if I if I'm just trying to you oh, know easily. enjoy yeah. myself as a fucking average american yeah i think i probably had you know at one point more fast food in a year than some people have in a decade like it was just it's just easier it's just cheaper it was just you know and you're you're depressed from you know the you you get sick of eating boiled hot dogs and ramen after a while i if i have another boiled hot dog in my life i'm gonna throw myself out of a 10-story building unless it's at the phillies oh yeah well, I mean, like a stadium dog, you know, I'll scarf down four of those. You've seen that in action. But, you know, I was seriously on the stove, like, you know, at, at times just boiling water and throwing some hot dogs and didn't have buns, you know, got ketchup. Real real quick, real quick. For anybody that might be listening to this that might be poor, that might have kids, whatever. Hot dogs are great. Boiling hot dogs works. But for fuck's sake, throw that shit in like a frying pan. Yeah. Get something. I it's it's not good it's not good just like yeah. don't don't strictly use boiling even if you boil it and then throw it into a frying pan please do yourself a favor like fuck treat yourself with some gourmet hot dogs um i think so i think that even the worst meals that i was having was um and there was probably some food in the house but it was bare bones like i just get frustrated and i was eating um talk about sauce packets <laughs> like i was just did you, did, did you at least read the comments on them first? Oh, hell yeah. You know, it's a little light reading material, you know. <laughs> but, and, it, and I know, part of it is you're poor, you're not educated. Like, maybe we had money and we could have used it better and we could have got better stuff, but I was eating fruit and vegetables. There's no time or... That stuff goes bad. You know what doesn't go bad? Yeah. Pop-tarts. D- no. Ramen. Yeah, ramen does go bad. All right, so... <clears throat> the way that I lose is... uh. Like I said earlier, my dad is a hippie, um, born 1951, fucking went to Woodstock, hitchhiked cross country a couple of times, like, et cetera. So I, I could go into like two hours just talking about him in this regard. Um, he was 110% everything organic. Fucking everything. And like, this is this isn't a poor thing. This is a like... I felt neglected as a child thing. 
I did not get to eat Cheez-Its. I didn't get Oreos. I didn't get shitty fucking hot dogs. I didn't get any of this stuff. If I wanted mac and cheese, it was Amy's Organic, which, mind you, Amy's Organic mac and cheese is good, but also, it's the fact of the matter. I didn't get, like, any of that. I got Organic Oreos, which tasted, like, actually worse. (laughs) Somehow it tasted like it was more unhealthy than regular Oreos did. (laughs) Uh, my dad did, wouldn't even fucking use de- like regular like Old Spice deodorant or like anything like oh, he he used like the fucking natural Tom's deodorant because he didn't trust the aluminum in deodorant. He was like, it's gonna poison you and that blah 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 blah. Like literally until I was in like fucking tenth grade when I was buying my own shit. Which by the way, at like tenth grade, I literally was purchasing everything for myself at yeah. this point. But like. And 10th grade was when I first got, like, Old Spice deodorant because my dad's, like, organic shit never worked for me. And because of that, we spent a fuck ton of money on food. I mean, even with food stamps, it helped, but still, like, it was so much. And like, he, he was a good dad. He was a good dad because he would always make dinner. Uh, he would offer to make breakfast. He would get whatever, like, I wanted, albeit organic versions of it. But, like, he would do it. And, like, if anything, the place that I grew up being able to go to the ocean whenever I wanted and just, like, having the freedom partially because we were so poor. And then, like, my diet were literally the two best things of my of my youth, basically. Yeah. Like, I, that is the one thing that I will concede is that I didn't eat like I was poor even though like I would skip a lot of meals I would never eat lunch at school because we didn't have the money like etc 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 but like when I ate it was very good see that's funny because I remember skipping lunches and you know even having the money and thinking I can hold on to this and get something else instead I'd go home and make pizza rolls oh yeah make the shitty pizza rolls like that that was my diet never had breakfast in my life like just wasn't even a thing and I had a lot of stomach issues, so sometimes it was a stomach issue, but a lot of times it's like, I don't have the time, the energy, the money to get breakfast, so go to lunch, eh, you know, I'll hold up. My, remember my brother's one taught me, he's like, yeah, I pocket the money, I'll go buy Pokemon cards, but I was just pocketing the money, like, I'll buy different food later, I'll eat these pizza rolls when I get home, and then dinner is going to be probably hot dogs or more pizza rolls, like, it was... It's kind of funny, because, like, even though we were buying organic shit, and, like, the Outer Banks has such inflate, like, a pack of Oreos... Which in Philadelphia cost like two fifty, costed four dollars down Jesus on the beach. Christ. Four fucking dollars, like it, it was stupid. But <laughs> at least the double stuff. <laughs> no, not even like regular ass. Um, but like, it, even though we were spending all this money on organic stuff, it wasn't that much different than the price for regular because it was just so inflated down there. And we still like, growing up, I still ate. White bread, mayonnaise, and American cheese. Oh uh, yeah, for lunch, like uh, an American yeah. cheese sandwich was lunch. I didn't really think it was that bad, but then like when I moved out, it's it kind of helped. I know how to fucking survive on very little food. Yeah, but also I have probably succumbed to much shittier food habits because I didn't have it when I was younger, and I would had like all natural organic yeah there's there's not the discipline i can't make you a great gourmet meal but i can spice up a thing of ramen so it doesn't taste just like a out of the package ramen like i can make that taste good but you just know put some egg in it you know yeah i heard <laughs> that one a lot yeah and you we we got we've gotten better we've gotten worse in certain ways but at the end of the day it's like you still kind of you know, worst case scenario, yeah, I can I can survive off of PB and J or just the sandwich with some cheese on it. Like, I still have, I mean, working twelve hours a day still, and half the time I do eat PB and J. Yeah, no, I I sometimes even I do it when I don't necessarily need to because it's just I don't know what else to eat. I legitimately don't know what to eat for lunches. I eat the same thing, essentially not the same thing, but like the same formula that I've eaten for. Get my a whole BJ's life. card and buy a shit ton of Lunchables. I would love to do that. Everybody knows I love Lunchables. All right, so, yeah, diets, you know, you had a little bit more organic, you know, kind of embedded into your family life a little bit better, but at the same time, like, you know, that those dollars don't stretch that far. Oh, no. Not Definitely at all. Definitely like, not. You really go to the grocery store and really think about 
going down to the bare bones stuff that you definitely need for week to week, it still costs a lot. Oh, yeah. Yeah, especially if you got a big family. So, um, you know, moving on from that, I think we, we hit on a little bit with school, you know. You might not have <laughs> enough money to even go. So that's our category four, school, you know. Not enough money to even get lunch. I think in terms of school, I felt like I always had the supplies I needed. For the most part, I could go on the field trips. My parents would scratch it together because they knew we're not going on vacation. Like, get them on the field trips. There, I you know I get some of the poor vouchers for like applying to college and stuff. Every once in a while, things just like I couldn't do the the really cool stuff. I couldn't do the big clubs. I couldn't go on like you know the trips to France. I think where school hit me hard was when we lost cable and internet, and it was entering that time when. Your homework was online. The ev- everything was online. Yeah, so we go to uh, you know, family friend's house to use the internet. You know, go to the library. Like, you know that that hurt because you know obviously there's a mental aspect of just being feeling disconnected from the world. But you know, school was all I had. It it was what the thing I leaned into to deal with everything that was going on around me. That was my you know. There was times I thought life isn't gonna get better. I should just kill myself. There's nothing ahead for me. But maybe, just maybe, if I keep my nose to the grindstone and I get good grades and I go to college, college will be a little bit different and I can go out there and I can make something for myself and get that money and never look back. Now, I followed that path and it's not quite where I want to be and I realize there's still things ingrained in me, but when I lost the internet, it it was like, man, maybe maybe that one's too much. And it started to really feel like, man, this this ain't worth it. That, that was when my, my mental health took a real turn. I was just saying, because you know, I, my thing was, you know, being the poor kid isolated, I was just watching TV all the time. I watched every show. I watched every eighties movie. It got cut off and it was gone. And you were like, fuck. And then what do I do? Yeah. I was getting into sports a lot. I was listening to Phillies on the radio. That was great. But you know, I didn't know it was Eagle sign Asante Sam until the next day. My friend comes <laughs> up to me and, and that was, I love those rumors and stuff, but to not be able to do the school assignments online, that was I mean, I mean, even playing with my friends online, like, you know, Halo and stuff, that sucked to lose. But, you know, we ended up getting Cricket Wireless. Worst internet service uh, possible, but we got it. You know, they, they, it was basically having um, a phone data plan yeah. for internet because it would yeah. plug in your thing and you get two gigabytes. As soon as you get over that, it's slow to like a crawl. But, you know, it got me through and I could play some games online with my friends. But I remember going to people's houses just to do school assignments. For, for those that are old enough to remember dial-up internet, like shitty oh, dial-up yeah. internet but also weren't didn't didn't have to deal with like internet like cricket wireless internet it th- think about like that whole i'm trying to download one porn <laughs> jpeg and it's taking me 25 minutes yeah it's just like the one line by line coming yeah, down yeah, the screen yeah. you're yeah. waiting for the boobs to show you, up <laughs> you see the nipple and it's fantastic and then literally everything past that you're just waiting for another like 15 it's it's like that and you get but, down like, there and there's a assignment. penis and you're like not again whoa, 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 or whoa, whoa, river's whoa. like chill chill it's not bad <laughs> I like um it. <laughs> but yeah so school I, I i feel like i can pretty much just sum this up with a quick uh i don't know if it happened in court i don't know if it happened just a mutual like agreement between them my parents split what they paid for for me it's almost a good thing my dad was a whore when he was younger because like if it had happened at the same time and i had brothers and sisters i would have been fucked Uh, i'd not say i don't have brothers and sisters i'm one of six that we know of but nobody else lived with me right um so you didn't he, have to take care of your other siblings, yeah, which is exactly, a common thing exactly. when you're poor. I was lucky that I was the only child, but my cousins did that. You know, they yeah. took care of each other. Um, but my dad took care of housing and like general board and housing, like food, all of that shit. Uh, my mom would take care of most of my clothes shopping and school shopping, which like I would get the paper, I would get the pencils, but it was like. You're buying paper in bulk, and it's the really shitty thin ones, and you're oh. buying pencils that are like the ones that you have to sit there and hand turn the pencil sharpener instead of the fucking nice mechanical pencils that yeah. everybody else had. Um, you find pencils, and you're like, oh my god. Oh, it was like, wonderful. Godsend. I would steal pencils off of friends. Yeah. I, I started in high school. Penny I would fever. bring... I would buy a pack of gum for like two fifty, and I'd sell each piece for a dollar, and oh, yeah. it, it was a hustle, and it worked. Um... 
also those those uh the, the snap animal bands. rubber bands yeah the animal rubber bands i don't remember the name of oh uh, yeah they had a special name i remember they got big i never bought one yeah by myself i, I got I some find them and i'd trade them or sell them to people and it worked yeah um but so i would have the stuff i needed until it came down to them being like oh research something oh yeah because i didn't have a computer or internet until i was probably in like ninth tenth grade uh and at that time it was a 1995 fucking i don't remember the company's name but a laptop that weighed like 15 pounds gateway or something oh it was so bad it was i think it started with an n i don't remember though but um I, I literally had an encyc- an encyclopedia set that my dad uh, traded some work for so I could look up stuff that people to- that my teachers told me to research. If I wasn't able to do it at school on the internet, I had to thumb through an encyclopedia. Did you do that by candlelight as well? Sometimes, ben Franklin yes, actually. Head-ass. Thank you very much. Um, <laughs> I... I stupidly loved reading i stupidly loved learning things as i'm not stupid because it's bad but like it it was great i really enjoyed school except for when i thought teachers were being dumb and teaching incorrectly and then i would voice my opinion and get sent to the 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 principal oh it's it was so easy to act up in school i was poor well it it was easy and it was bad because i was usually right i had i had like (laughs) I had like a 85% chance of being correct if I was opposing a teacher because I wouldn't speak up unless I knew what we were talking about. And like, it pissed off so many of my teachers, but it was great because I I was able to just be like, fuck you. Um, But then it comes down to like college. Like I, if I were in North Carolina, it wouldn't have mattered what my, uh, what like our financial situation was because even if I didn't get grants, loans, whatever, I could have found a school that has in-state tuition cheap as shit. Like even NC state, I think their in-state tuition is like $5,000. That's not bad at all. That's fantastic. You could for save NC up and state. pay that yourself. Technically. I mean, you'd be yeah. blind. Oh, I would be tired as shit, but what else am it. I doing? I'm definitely still tired of shit. Yeah. But like right now, I even tried to see what grants I could get up here, and they said, like, one that my high school uh, whatever is out of date, which I thought was bullshit. I thought I got, like, four full years, which I've just now exited my fourth year. So now I'm screwed regardless. Great. But originally they had said it, like, two years into it. And then they said that my uh, my parents... Um, financial situation didn't matter when they lived in a different state, which seems fucked up. Yeah. Like, I don't know if that's actually how it is, but if it is, like, Pennsylvania, fix your shit. Yeah, because that's just... It it really discounts the fact that, you know, you might have moved here for an opportunity very specifically. And I think you, you did for many different reasons, but... It's like it just assumes life has to go this one way. Like yeah. we're we're playing by these rules that we can never play by. They they're rules set up to help a, a certain demographic and that is literally that like upper middle class to upper class range. Like even even what is quote unquote the middle class at this point is getting fucked over with, yeah. whether they realize it or not, they're getting fucked over in most regards. Yeah, I think at best I was upper lower class, and it's like at that point, why even? Yeah, so I think you know you kind of the reverse of me. Like I kind of was used to you know the internet and stuff like that, and lost it. You kind of got it late, and it was you know outdated. So I think we had you know similar experiences of. I I think you know from what you've told me, you were a pretty smart kid in school, and I yeah. I went to a math and science school where yeah you know there was pressure on us, and you had to take a test to get in, and we were intelligent kids, but. It was a struggle. Like, and it, you know, I didn't study for tests. Like, it's whatever. You know, it's not to say I'm like a genius, but you know, that it wasn't so much as like I didn't have the resources I needed to get by. You know, I, I could do it with just my. But it's like every day felt like such a grind, even in school. Like, am I going to eat today? Am I going to be able to do this assignment? I'm a toot my 17 year old horn, and uh, 
I was fucking smart in math and science. Yeah. Like to the point that in pre-calc and calculus and shit like that, I would just kind of be dozing off and the teacher would call me up, give me the formula and I'd just figure it out from there, whether I actually wrote it down and like listened to the lecture or not. Like I, it was one of those things that I was able to do. Nowadays, if you give me it, I don't know. Yeah. I don't well, you know. You got different priorities. Then. I've got different priorities. I've I've had enough head injuries. I've drank enough beer. I've been a I've been a dumbass enough. I don't know if I could still do life, it. Though. But when I was young, it was great. And all those people that are like, sorry, this is totally derailing everything. All those people that are like, oh, why are you getting that abortion when that person could be like curing cancer or something? But then they won't help out that like poor ass kid that's fucking acing all his calc tests and then drops it from there because he has to like help pay family bills or something like maybe look at yourself you're being a dumbass because uh you're prioritizing a fetus that hasn't even started developing anything over somebody that actually has intellect and is probably right there on breaking ground on something yeah and i think you know we were the forgotten people. And that's that's where, you know, I talked about my politics and I talk about, you know, I'm, I'm into socialist ideas. It's because I was there as a kid thinking, man, I don't want to live this life ever again. And, you know, I can't imagine all these other kids that got it even worse than I do. But, like, man, I didn't have a childhood. I literally – and there's a lot of traumatic things. Obviously, the first episode, I had something traumatic that I talked about. <laughs> there's other stuff was going on. But I just remember thinking, like, I didn't have a childhood. I'm going to go out and have an adulthood. And I thought that begins and ends with just getting a job that pays. And I'm learning now that things are catching up with me. There's a little bit more I need to work through. But at the end of the day, like, it's hard for me to even chase my dreams because having this security right now, oh, man, that feels good after all those years to go out to a restaurant and, like, not think, ah, <coughs> uh, well, I hope that, you know, that, you know, I didn't miscalculate what I'm getting and have to, you know, <laughs> I've never dined and dashed my life, but, you know, I've paid for a meal and going, fuck i can't eat for the rest of the week we we uh we never dined and dashed but we knew all of mostly all of the owners and like we're friends with all of the owners of the businesses around um we definitely had multiple tabs open at any given time yeah like a meal or two's worth of open tabs at any given restaurant at any given time because <laughs> you know you still want to treat yourself yeah, I can be poor and feel like I deserve a a night out. Well, that's the thing that they say about poor people. It's like, well, you got your tax return. Why didn't you save it? Because, you know, that money's going to find a way to leave. Your car is going to break down or something. That money, every dollar you have in the car breakdown goes into that. It's like, if I find $20 on the ground, I can put that in the piggy bank knowing that's going to get screwed over later or I can just have one second of joy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, totally. So, and uh, always enjoy yourself. Yeah. So I think on that note, you know, I think we can go to our big finish. And I think, you know, we've hit on a lot of specific things. And I think I will just rifle through some of my miscellaneous, you know, wearing the the shitty hand-me-downs, obviously, or, you know, things that don't fit anymore, whatever. That's a pretty common thing, you know. Most of my clothes are still hand-me-downs. Yeah. And, and, you know, I remember in college when I was kind of getting out of it, but then I had to do an unpaid internship, having $3 in my name and my dad asking me to borrow money. I'm like, dude, I don't have any money myself. I, you know, I remember all those little moments, but I think, you know, my big finish, my big thing, you know, other than my father one time claiming his taxes that he made $8,000. I think it was a little fudge. IRS don't, uh, IRS ignore yeah. this. Uh, my dad's taxes. Hello. Uh, <laughs> he, you know, claimed $8,000 and that was the only income, which, you know, two people living on $8,000 is ridiculous. I know it was higher than that, but it wasn't much higher than that. But the big thing is, um, you know, when my mother died, to this day, she doesn't have a gravestone. She's got a little, like, plaque just to identify that she's there. Just a small thing to kind of denote that that spot exists. Yeah, and there there was a big fight about, like, some of her pam- family paying for it versus, you know, my father. And um, I don't even, under- like, know how that shook out. But, like, the death of somebody close to you, that's when I realized that's a burden, too, because you have to pay for those, you know funeral costs and just fighting about it like you can't even you know let the person rest in peace and have peace about it because you have to worry about the dollarization of someone's death yeah someone's death costs you money now yes it doesn't help you and you know to say like 
I have trouble finding my mom's gravestone because we were too poor to put something there. And now that I have money, that's one big thing for me. I still want to do and you know make that right. But we don't have the money to even know where our dead are. Yeah, I uh, I I, I mean that goes into to something. Um, a a lot of people will say like, oh well, when you're poor, like family's all you got, whatever, blah 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 blah. blah. And to an extent, yeah, but also like for for politics for uh general annoyances for stupid uh grudges whatever like i i've noticed that a lot of people don't really like their family lately at at least lately like i don't know if it like has always been this way but me personally i'm pretty distant with everyone in my yeah. family my like minus my mom and my dad and I'm civil with my, like, brothers and sisters, some of whom I've never met. But to an extent, that's fine with me. Like, I really don't care because, like, growing up this way, nobody ever, like, did any... Like, nobody was able to have my back because of monetary stuff. And so it's kind of one of those, like, I've separated it. Something happens, it's not my burden. It's not my financial burden. Somebody needs to be put in a home, don't fucking come to me. That's heartless, but also, I'm looking out for myself. I'm yeah. not going to screw myself over because some estranged aunt that screwed over my granddad or something, which happened, oh, won't yeah. go into it, but it happened. No, there's plenty more stories we both could shoot uh, out there. But, like, I, I'm not going to give a fuck if something happens to her. I'm probably not going to know until three years after the fact. I On that vein... Like, I'm sure you had this moment that I had when I was a kid and going, I know how the world works and all these people around me, all these other kids at school, they're not going to learn for a couple of years, but I know now and it's cruel out here. Like you, you Oh knew, dude, the world sucks. Yeah. We like, we had that like switch, like flipping our heads and we knew like, and that sounds so dramatic. It sounds like we're just like, like really getting like, you know, give us the sympathy now. But there was just a point I knew in like probably late elementary, early middle school, I was like. The world sucks, and I'm fucked for it. Yeah. Like, I can't handle it. And, you know, I <laughs> all these, you know, mental things that I've got going on now, It you say, well, like, you know, look at you. You're successful. You got money. It's like, they changed me. I Obviously, there's I, the first episode, there was a traumatic event. I've been told I had PTSD. But when you grow up poor, every purchase feels... It's not, you know, and I, I still put off things I need. It's not like, oh, yeah, I need to go get some paper towels. It's like, I could probably last on those paper towels for a while. And I still go and buy something stupid for myself I don't need while holding off on getting, you know, a uh, toilet brush. I'm like, oh, I'll clean my toilet with those, like, disgusting little, um, you know, Lysol wipes. Just yeah, get my hands in yeah, there. Just, just, just kind of get the, get the edge. Don't touch the water. Yeah. And then just, pff, yep, you're yeah. done. Mold? Mold's a fine thing. I can live in mold. I've, I've, I can't tell you how many times I've taken cheese, just cut off the mold and continued eating it because like, oh yeah, that's a waste. I've had a sandwich where I like found the mold. I was like, oh man, break that part off and then eat yep. the rest of the sandwich. Absolutely. It's gross. I've a hundred percent eaten stuff that has been bad or moldy and yeah. just kind of been like, I'll feel it later. But right now, at least my stomach's full. Yeah. I've never felt more like unsatisfied than that, but I had to do it. So, River, I, I don't know if that, like, you know, kind of wraps up for you. Do you have any one more big thing you want to throw out there or you feel like you, you've hit all your, your points? Just real quick. This is going to sound super, super, super like I'm an asshole, which, like, fair, I am. Um, But there was a point, won't name names, I had two, like, best friends growing up. Uh, We haven't really talked much lately, just, I think, different lives and different paths in life, which, whatever. Um. One of them was, like, well off, not, like, rich by any means, but they were doing well. Um, mom and dad had steady jobs, like, they had money, they had a house, whatever. Uh, something happened where their dad lost it, but he was always kind of in tune with what I was going through. He was never really, like, crazy about it, whatever. But my other friend, his mom was in real estate, his dad was a, had a construction business. We always, like... This, this dude would have, like, he'd ask his mom for $20, she'd give him $40. 
Like, he would just have money laying around his room, and you would just swipe it because you wouldn't fucking care. It made no difference to them. Um, which, like, if you ever listen to this, I'm sorry, but I absolutely did that. Uh, but, like, it just, it happened, and then all of a sudden, like, the market crashed. Like, he got screwed, his mom got screwed out of a job, his dad's business got screwed. And, like, that sucks. I don't wish it upon anybody but seeing him have this huge moment of going from that like entitled kid that always had money to you have to get a job. We're not buying anything for you. We physically do not have the money. It it was like it was it was sweet fucking karma just like coming around ah. and not necessarily against him, but like just seeing all these people that are dicks about it and just act like, oh well. Like, who was it? Fucking Mitt Romney or something? Oh, well, just buy more money. Yeah. It'll never happen to me, you know. Yeah, I, like, go, go fuck I'm a yourself, dude. I'm you know, American. But because of it, it was, like, one of those, like, he was in high school, so he should have had a job anyways. Or at least by our standards, he should have had a job anyways. And all of this shit. And, like, it just, boom. Literally, like, as it stands, yeah. nobody should go through that. Like, point yeah. blank, period. It should not be in a system where... You have to have a job when you're in high oh, yeah. school. We, we start fucked. early and we work till we die. Yeah, like it's fucked. But also, it's one of those things where like, he never grasped the situation that I was in. And so the moment that that happened, I never would express it. I still feel bad for feeling this way. But it was so nice to see him just like smack into reality. Yeah. And like, I think that's one of the biggest things is like, people that have had this... If you're more well off, please don't rub it in their face about it because they absolutely feel this way that you're being way more of an asshole than you should be. Yeah, and we we don't even want your sympathy. We don't want your charity. Most of the time, we we're pretty proud for the most part. We will, you know. I remember I was a kid and I started asking family members for money and I got yelled at for doing that. Oh yeah, yeah. Like I I didn't know. I had no clue. Um. But that's, you know, we're, we just play by different rules. And, you know, I, you know, I'm glad I never got into selling drugs or anything like that. You know, I, I didn't fall into, and obviously we're not like, you know, we weren't in necessarily dangerous neighborhoods, so that wasn't as big of a risk, but we made it somewhere and you and I are still in completely different paths. And I know you still have car concerns and stuff like that, but the car still sucks. Uh... No matter how far we progress, we still think a certain way and we just, we've pulled ourselves up as much as we can it's just ridiculous how much i say you know poorness begets poorness and you know i'm just lucky that i could come out of school with um twenty thirty thousand dollars of debt and just be like well that'll take care of itself someday because you know there wasn't a single moment for me and i i save obsessively now it's just all i do is like i've got all this money and every time i spend a little bit more than i need for vacation something i feel awful and that's who i'll be for the rest of my days probably i am the total opposite if i can enjoy myself i'm gonna do it and yeah. figure out the money later because that's always been the way that we've been uh that's partially probably why I, we haven't made these huge strides i mean like by no means i'm i'm fine like yeah. We have a place uh, where we're finally starting to put money aside. We're planning on like buying a house within the next like four years, something like yeah. that. Like we have a car that currently works it. We need a newer one. Uh, Nat just went through school. Like all we're finally yeah. getting it all. And you're, you're starting going to Nat did something she wanted to do as a dream. Like you're yeah. starting to move that way. And it's, and it's an inching process. Even for me, I always feel like I'm behind on purchases, even though I've got more things. I think, you know, to kind of just, you know, wrap it all up we, you know we live the way that we live because we were trained that way yes but we're coming out of it now we we're trying to readjust to the world nobody taught us how to be adults and you know like we were just these kids and you, you know, just kind of figure it out on the fly you just thought that's how it was we uh i i yeah like i mean i moved up here literally no job no savings we had just enough to put down for a place but i mean it was no different or no different opportunity than where I had been at. So it, it just, you kind of, you don't take things for granted as easily. Yeah. Like, you know that at any given moment, something could completely be fucked. I think personally, like 
I have the mindset that even if I would, if something, God forbid, something happened and we ended up homeless, we'd figure it out. Yeah. I could hop on a train, go anywhere in the nation and make it work from there. It would suck, but like you, you end up developing that mindset that no matter what happens, there's a way to survive and it doesn't really matter what you have to do. Yeah, you'll you'll make it work. So on on that note, River, I want to thank you for joining the podcast. I hope everybody listens, you know, didn't feel a little too depressed about, you know, these stories, but you know, those are things we went through and we're better for it. You know, actually please laugh at it because yes. we do. Yeah, we laugh at it all the time. We tell these stories back and forth like they're the most hilarious thing ever. You know, this is you know, they say it's built character, but for us it, it just gave us material. Yeah. 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 And th- those stories we, we tell them like they're our stand up. So I want to thank you again, River, for coming on. Um, everybody, you know, go back through, think about who won each category, and come up with your big winner. I'll put up a, a, a you know poll on Twitter so people can vote. But um, yeah, so you know that's what I wanted to talk about today is you know being poor. It's not just a, a dollar sign in your bank account. It's a mental strain that changes who you are. Real quick to stay on topic, and also for the month. For anybody in the LGBT community, one, happy Pride Month. Um, proud of you for coming out. If you haven't come out, then it's totally fine. Like, take your time whenever you're comfortable. Uh, there's always going to be people that support you and everything like that. Um, but also, I know that a lot of stuff gets really hard, especially when you're in it in a family that does not accept your lifestyle. Um, if it comes down to it, there will be a way to get through it. Um, shit always sucks, but like, even from it being the worst, you can always rise up and do it. It's gonna fucking suck, but there are people out here that will help you. Um, just please, like, keep your head up. There have been way too many suicide shit like that lately. Uh, this is speaking from friends and also from, like, celebrity stuff. Like, if that is the situation that you're in, there are people that will hear you out, even if we don't know you. Personally, at underscore Philadelphia, I will listen to you. I'm sure Cody will too. You can, if it's you want a personal one on one, you want to come on the podcast and air some. Hey, things podcast, out. yeah, it works. Um, you know, I'm not doing that to even push the pocket. I want to help people. This is what this podcast is for, and River. You know, that was a beautiful little, you know. Closer. Well, I mean, I, I felt it was necessary yeah. because like, especially being Pride Month and I know it just, it can be a lot, especially for uh, people of the LGBTQIA community. Um, and it, yeah, just like you do have friends, you do have allies, uh, even if they don't actively voice it that often, which some people, me, myself included, probably need to be better about it. But uh they exist we're out here we'll help you out however we can yeah we're we're here for you and on that note um he's underscore philadelphia on twitter i am at codran so feel free to reach out to us this has been another episode of neurotica thank you for listening Mwah.